Hi friends, it's Kayla Moran and welcome back to the Let's Get Candid podcast. How is everybody doing today? Happy Thursday, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever day or time it is that you're listening. So happy to be back on the mic with you guys. I hope that wherever you are, it is sunny and beautiful because it has not been that way this week here in Miami and honestly, I'm feeling it. It's really like the weather just makes such a difference and now that the spring is coming, it just you feel it even more. It's like you want to be outside. And I really hope that this is the last of the rain, these torrential downpours. Like normally we get an afternoon shower every day, but it goes away in 15, 20 minutes. Like I really want that back because I just want to be back outside in the sunshine. And I really want to step up my wellness and my movement and meditation routines and just feel really good in my body. That's a big goal of mine in quarter two. I Something that I've been starting to implement is I think I talked about it last week, kind of having like a, a every quarter reset and reevaluating my goals and my intentions and what I want out of that quarter. And now that tax season is here and I, you know, I filed my taxes and I looked at my numbers and my business and I kind of see where I'm at and what I'm doing. And, you know, the first few invoices are coming in and I'm starting to really market myself and put myself out there. I'm gaining the confidence to, to really do this, to really be an entrepreneur and a business owner and you know say hey world i'm open for business and it feels really really good to open up for that and you know i think something i've been talking about a lot i actually posted a reel about this is it's all about mindset and you know there was a lot of talk about lucky girl syndrome but i think it's really just that like that mindset of i want this i deserve it and i am open to it whatever comes my way and I wouldn't be where I am today had I not done that. I think that comes from a place of really looking inward and seeing where I'm at and my roots and what I, you know, what I want to get out of life. What do I want to get out of whatever it is that I'm doing? Why am I here? What is my purpose? What is this going to teach me? And really allowing that to shape my life. And I feel like I'm seeing, you know, the benefits. I'm reaping the, the rewards of those early investments and... I'm really excited to see what comes next and I have a really great group of people in my life, my friends, my family that are being supportive of me in ways that I truly never expected and it feels really, really good and I'm glad that this is a more upbeat intro than a couple of the past intros but you know, it just goes to show that we all turn a corner and that there's going to be some seasons of our life that are lower and more down, whether it's personal, professional, or emotional or whatever it may be but that you know there is always another day there is always light at the end of the tunnel we will get out on the other side and we learn from it and we go from it (laughs) my dog just fell (laughs) like getting out of his bed which is already on the floor um you know we learn from it we grow from it and we take those lessons with us in the next chapter and i think there's a lot to be said for that resilience and that growth and you know I've talked a lot about how I don't want to be known for my resilience I wish there were other qualities of me that people that stood out to people and that you know I want to be known for more than that and I think I'm finally becoming known for more than that you know I'm I love networking I love mentorship I love being there for people and assisting them in any way that they can and being able to provide guidance and advice for people whether it's people wanting to go into law school or law students looking for advice on jobs or bar prep or whatever it is 
you know, it feels really, really good to know that everything that I've gone through, like I'm starting to see that purpose. And when people come to me and say, thank you for sharing my story or taking the time to meet with them and they call me back and they're like, I got the job or I got the interview or I got this, you know, it's really, really rewarding. So I, I'm starting to reap the benefits of all of that, all of the work I've been putting in for the last few months. And it feels really, really good. And I just thought I would share that with you guys because it's been something that's on my mind and it's just like, yeah, like being open to the opportunities and allowing the world to present you all these opportunities and let them take you where they take you because when you are open to the universe guiding you, you're you're in alignment with your true self. You're, you know, what feels right to you, you are going to keep pursuing and if it doesn't feel right to you, you're going to not pursue that and when one door closes, another one opens and I think it's just, you know, I've been, it's an exciting time over here and, you know, I've been saying spring, summer, I have a really good feeling about it and, you know, it's kind of funny that the last few days has been pouring rain and I've been a lot more introspective, but it's been the closure I needed in this few weeks of my life of just feeling really unsettled and not confident and unsure of myself. And I feel like I snapped out of it and I'm back and it's really exciting to be back. And yeah, so I hope you guys are, you know, ushering in spring and a new mindset with the new season and just being open to what is out there and if you're struggling right now just know you're not alone we all have those moments and i'm here for you however i can be i my whole goal with this podcast is to to be there for people and provide that support and guidance you know virtually and because i wouldn't be where i am today if i didn't have the people around me that i do and i'm really grateful for that community and i want to be a part of yours so if you have any questions about me about or just need advice like please send in questions let me know what you want to hear on the podcast topics guests conversations i'm always here to help this podcast is for you and i'm really excited about the upcoming conversations and guests that will be on so stay tuned for that um but yeah that's that's what's been going on around here i'm really excited about this week's guest she's my first recurring guest on the podcast and it's really cool to have her have her back because i'm gonna link the first episode below but you know her story sasha is one of grief and it's 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 a really tough story to listen to but it's also really powerful the lessons that she gained from it and how she has used that to guide her and to strengthen her and she's gotten so many beautiful things out of it even though it was hard and it's really cool to have her back on now and see you know, last time you spoke was about a year ago where she's at now in her career, in her relationship. She got married. We talk about her wedding and just really cool to see how far she has come. And it's it's cool for me to see how far I've come from when we where we were at last year when we first spoke and being able to share that with you guys. So I think this episode, you're going to like it. And if you want to get into social media marketing and management and being in the corporate world, you're a corporate girl, this is for you too. She talks a lot about her career and how she has grown in it. And I think it's going to be a really great episode and I'm excited to have a recurring guest and continue sharing their story and continue having these impactful, powerful conversations because that is what this podcast is for. So Thank you guys so much for listening. If you like this episode, please leave a rating and review. Please subscribe to the show, share with a friend, tag us as you're listening. Like I said, let me know what you want to see next on the podcast. And I can't wait to be back on the mic with you guys next week. I hope you all have a beautiful weekend and I will talk to you guys soon. 
meet Sasha. So Sasha, what's something that people wouldn't know about you just from following you? Oh boy, loaded question to start. I don't know. I feel like You know, the one thing that's really interesting about social media is that like you have this transparency about you, uh, what you're willing to share, what you're willing to talk about, what what you're willing to post online. And I, I feel like, especially with the podcast, I've been very transparent in sharing parts of my life. But interestingly enough, as like an individual, just in in a general everyday life, I am like more reserved. I talk a lot and I, you know, I'm happy to talk and share whatever I need to with, you know, according to whoever it is that I'm talking about or talking to. But I feel like I, there's a lot of things. I'm more the friend who's like there to listen and less the fr- less of the friend that's there to share things, if that makes sense. Like, I don't like to talk about my problems to my friends sometimes, only because I always think to myself, like, especially with everything that I've been through in the last seven years, like, sometimes they're like loaded things that a lot of people around me can't necessarily relate to. And it makes me feel a little bit guilty, because I don't want to put this burden and pressure on people. So I feel like maybe that's something that people definitely would not know about me unless they got to know me and, you know, we were actually close friends. Yeah, I think it's, it goes, like, we're going to talk so much about social media, but like the perception, like, it's Mm -hmm. not like we are both 100% who we are online, who we are offline, but there's like still more of us offline for sure that people don't get to see. And it's kind of like this weird like dichotomy, but it's cool that we get to be like 100% ourselves, but then still choose to reserve things for ourselves and for the people Mm -hmm. that know us and love us the most and the people we choose to surround ourselves with. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I love sharing my life online. I know you do too. And Mm -hmm. we were talking off there, like it has transformed us so much. It has changed us. It has allowed us to become who we are and the careers that we have. And we'll talk about that. But it's just, it's funny how it's just perception is such a funny thing. Social media is such a funny thing. Yeah, it is. It truly is. You never really, it's like everyone always says, like, you never truly know what someone's going through. And just because you post snippets of your life and what's going on in your life doesn't necessarily mean that that's, you know, those are just moments in time that you're sharing with people and you're choosing, picking and choosing what you want to share with people. And there's been times where, you know, I was crying one second and the next minute, like I'm posting something that's like super upbeat and positive. <laughs> and even today. my husband would tell me like, wait, what? And I, you know, it's, it's more me trying to get myself out of it or it's like I'm having a moment and I'm, I'm trying to remind myself that the moment isn't going to last forever. But it's it's very much um, social media only paints a certain picture of, you know, your full life. And even then, I mean, the people that are with you, like I said, I don't always share everything that I'm thinking in my brain, even to my husband sometimes, because it's like, sometimes there's like so much going on in there. And I think so much and I overthink a lot too, that it's like, okay, some things I just need to like figure out on my own. I need to talk it out on my podcast. Like I need to figure out another outlet than just talking to the same people all of the time. So that's where I kind of like social media and like being vulnerable because, you know, 
other people might be going through the same thing that you are and you would never know it unless you decided to share that. I've been trying to be more open about my grief, especially because people think that, you know, it's been seven years and I've kind of just like moved on from it. But obviously anyone who's grieving knows that that is like a lifelong um, trauma that you never really get past you just learn how to live with it and I'm still trying to figure out how to live with it and every milestone that I have in my life and I've had a lot this past year um, you know it's just a little sort of bittersweet reminder of you know the person that I loved most not being a part of those milestones so it's you pick and choose what you like to share what you don't like to share sometimes it's more sometimes it's less so just trying to figure it out (laughs) yeah we go through stages too like I know for like what you were saying like right now like you pick and choose and you like I go through stages of like sometimes I'm way more vulnerable other Mm -hmm. times I'm not like sometimes if I'm having a bad day posting about it helps because like I get the like you're doing great and like you're so inspiring Mm -hmm. and that's what I needed and other times like I can't pick up the phone and share what I'm going through because it's just that bad but I'll talk about it later and other times like I'm really happy and I'm not sharing it because I want to enjoy that moment and be happy other times it's like the best time ever and I'm like I want people to see this like it just you go through phases with it and Mm -hmm you know, you, you briefly talked about like your grief and your journey with it. And we have a whole episode where Sasha talks about the experience of losing her mom when she was like really close to her birthday, really close to the holidays seven years ago. So go listen to that episode. If you haven't already, I'll share it in the show notes, but yeah, you had some really high highs this year too. Like, you know, and Mm -hmm. I love also when you post like the reminders of your mom, like the dove, that's a very significant symbol for you. Mm -hmm. And if you listen to that episode, you'll know why. And you post like, my mom is here with me today. And, you know, she's, she was, she's always with you when you need her the most. And -hmm. it's hard the times when you need her and she's not there. That's always going to be difficult, but you know, you Mm -hmm. got married, you have a husband now and that's Mm -hmm. really cool. And, you know, yeah, you don't get to share with her, but she was there with you anyway. on And that's super cool. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, your relationship with grief like to kind of like continue that story, like your relationship with grief now and like what that has been like being married, like being a newlywed, you know, Michael has been there with you from the beginning. You guys were just starting to date at Mm -hmm. that time, which is wild too. And where you guys are now with, you know, you and him and what's newlywed life like, and then having that like relationship special with relationship with your mom and the dove and grief. Yeah. So like I said, a lot of milestones happened this past year. So um, at the end of 2021, I got engaged and then we started planning a whole wedding. No one, like, I feel like everyone, but no one prepares you for what it is to plan a wedding because you hear over and over again, people talking about, you know, putting everything together and blah, 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 whatever. And if you're like me, and you're a very a type personality, like planning is really not a big thing. Like I do, I plan everything in my life on a daily basis. I plan a lot of like my get togethers with my friends, like plans with my husband's friends, like just a family things. Um, But a wedding is a whole other beast, because there are so many other people involved in the wedding planning process, and just having to take everyone into account, what this person wants, what that person wants. And yeah, you know, people always tell you, oh, it's just about you and the person that you're marrying. But realistically, like, it's kind of not because the wedding ends up being for everyone else and not you. And you hear a lot of newlyweds talk about that, because the wedding day, like, 
it's all a blur. It goes so fast. There's so many things going on. So many people need your attention and you enjoy it for sure, but it, it's different. Um, and I got a small glimpse of that as I got engaged and then started planning. A lot of things happen during the planning process. And I'm very much uh, a believer in when things constantly get in the way and impede in, you know, the plans that you have, and it that's consistently the issue, then it's probably not meant to happen. It's probably either forced or it's just not in the cards for you. And things kept getting in the way of us like planning an actual full-fledged wedding. Um, it was just like a lot of chaos and stress for no reason. And um, ultimately, we just decided to elope. Um, we had, planned- I love that. I love yeah. that idea. When you posted <laughs> that, like that, when like often I, I remember, I don't know, it was, a, it was a November, like, yeah, sometime in the fall. And I remember like being on Instagram and I was like, Wait, she got married. Like yeah. I thought she was planning a wedding. And then a couple of days later, you posted like a brief, like what you just said, like, you know, mm-hmm. so many things got in the way and it just wasn't meant to be. So we did it this way. And I was like, honestly, like, I kind of love that. Like, I, yeah, that's more my speed. Like, I mean, I'm single as hell, but like, I I love that. (laughs) Like, I love that you were just like, you know what? It's about us. Like, let's go do this for us. And if we want to do the wedding thing later, great. And we will, or we won't. I don't know. But like, this is supposed to be about us. And you made it about you guys and the pictures. And like, I loved it. I'm all for it. I, the thing is, is that like, the, the initial plan was that we were always, so our dating anniversary was December 5th. We got engaged on December 4th. And then we were planning on getting civilly married on December 5th again in 2022. And then we were going to get married now in May of 2023. Um, like, a, like the actual like full wedding. Yeah. Um, but because of everything that happened, we just decided, you know what, like, the the courthouse date that we had initially planned for regardless to get our marriage license, because you have to get it regardless. Yeah. Um, we were like, we'll do that. And then, you know, that, that will kind of be it. And then we can figure out the rest from there. If we decide in the future that we want to do an actual wedding with the dress and the whole thing, like we can do that great. But if not, then, you know, we, we were married. Um, and that to us was the most important thing we had been together at that point, we got married on our seven year anniversary and, you know, seven years is a pretty long time to be with someone. And especially a seven years of a lot that happened and um you know at the end of the day it was just reminding ourselves that like being together was the most important thing to us and that's what we valued most um and I won't lie I mean it's been kind of like a grieving process and grieving the wedding aspect of things because I had been fully planning the wedding that we were supposed to have and then kind of like shifting my brain and being like okay wait that's no longer happening I mean it's kind of like a mourning sort of process because I was never the type of girl who ever wanted I never even wanted to get married um in my life like I didn't want to have a husband I was happy wait to can date. you talk about that I didn't know that so can you yeah, talk about so, like not uh, wanting to get married and then was it like Michael being like this is my person I want yeah. to marry him mm-hmm. well, okay so yeah so that was what it because some people it's like yeah you know if I meet the right one maybe I'll change my mind or it's just like okay, like, no, I want that. Like, I don't know, like, it changes for different people for different reasons. But like, yeah, yeah, what was that like? I, so I didn't have like, the best, like, in my life, like, in general, like, I didn't have the best examples of marriage. Um, So I felt like 
I didn't fully understand the concept of marriage. I didn't understand like why people were so adamant about getting married. And I didn't, I didn't understand like the whole gist of it. And that would kind of make my mom sad because she was like, I really like, you should get married. Like marriage is wonderful. Oh, but- my parents, like, I want to get married and I always have, but my, my view of it and like the way I want to go about it and like financially and like prenup and like different like aspects of it. Like my, everyone's like, okay, good luck. And I'm like, no, like, that's just like, I don't want it the way that everyone else is. So I'm yeah. kind of with you on that. Like, I get no, it. Yeah. And I think that every, each person, and I've learned this throughout the course of, you know, my life, but especially in the last couple of years, is that like, everyone has like their own way of doing things, their own path, like their own marriage, you know, to each their own. And, you know, Michael and I had a different path. Um, but for, for me, like, I never had sort of like a, I never had a vision of a wedding. I never was the little girl who had like the vision of the dress or like the vision of like whatever. I never had that. And um, I, it wasn't until even like year, I think it really started year like three, three and a half with Michael that I really was just like, oh wait, like I, I kind of really want to marry him. But it wasn't until like year four where it was like, okay, I definitely want to get married. And by year five, I was like, this better happen. Like <laughs> we got to get, get it together. Yeah, get it together. Like what is going on? Um, and then the pandemic happened. So I realistically, like we should have gotten engaged a year before, but life happened. Everything Again. happens for a reason. Honestly, mm-hmm. I think yeah. it all worked out. I no, think yeah. and, and, and it the- gave you more time with each other. For like, sure. Without the stress of planning a wedding, because that could honestly tear a couple apart. Oh, like oh, definitely. they don't even get to the wedding part sometimes. So like yeah. you guys really got to, you know, enjoy the relationship. And and also like I think even you getting comfortable with the idea of marriage when you weren't into it for so long. Like I think maybe like it, it all worked yeah. out the way that it's meant to, but I know exactly what you mean, what you were saying, like feeling like you're mourning the wedding you guys were supposed to have. Cause yeah. that's honestly kind of in a similar way what I'm going through in my own life. Like morning the career that I thought I was going to have the job that I thought I was going to have that I planned for myself I was I had I had a job at graduation I planned for it this was the life and I was gonna be able to save up at this time I was gonna be able to buy my house at this time and like of course I knew things got in the way but like there was a loose timeline of like what was gonna happen and how I was gonna be able to Mm -hmm. live my life and I can visit this person here and I can go on this vacation then and blah 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 and that didn't end up happening and kind of similar to you like I just had to like you know what scrap it and like do what is right for me which ended up mm-hmm. being starting my own firm yeah. right out of law school for you as eloping because ultimately what you wanted was to marry Michael that's right. all that mattered for me it was like mm-hmm. I know what I want career-wise I'm gonna make it happen by doing it myself yeah, but yeah you're in control of your life you do yeah. you, you at the end of the day and you know it's like the saying goes it's like you plan God laughs um, and I, that time and time again, that has been the story of my life. Like I am such a planner to the T, like everything has to go a certain way. If it shifts from what it's supposed to be, I start getting like panicky. I'm just like, what's happening? Like, why, why is the plan shifted three hours? Like it's not normal, but like I've learned no, how to get you. used to it a little bit and like figure out ways to like deal with my issues. But I mean, you know, at the end of the day, like you're going to do what you want to do no matter what. So it's just figuring out a way to make it happen. For me, it was just, okay, we want to get married. Like, 
we can do that whenever we want. And Michael would tell me that all the time. He's like, we don't need to have a big fancy wedding. Like we can get married whenever we want. It doesn't really matter. Um, you know, it was just more so I think not having all of the people that I love be there, I think was the part that like kind of, you know, wasn't yeah. my ideal situation only because it happened on a Monday. Um, because you know, you have to get married at the court Monday through Friday. So yeah, it's not a weekend. It's not like a weekend thing. It's not like, a, you know, you have from, you know, 10, 10 o'clock in the morning until 4 p.m. to get married. So it's very much like a kind of like rush situation. And since it was kind of so last minute, um, we didn't have everyone there, but we were lucky to have the majority of the people that we love, like took the day off or came, you know, at that, at that point and were there with us. So, you know, everything happens the way it's supposed to, and everything happens for a reason. And at the end of the day, the day was beautiful, no matter what. And actually that day specifically weather-wise was beautiful because the week before and the week leading up to it had been really, really hot and it had been kind of like humid. And I was really nervous that the day of it was going to be so sticky outside. And we went to Miami Beach Courthouse um, and I thought, you know, by the water is like even worse, like the wind, this, that, the other, I'm thinking all these things. And then come that day it was blue skies not one cloud in the sky it yeah, was I remember so, that yeah. it was it was a beautiful beautiful day and the weather was like absolutely perfect it wasn't humid and I remember one of my best friends telling me she's like this day is literally perfect it, it's incredible and I was like yeah and everything happens exactly for you like yeah, like you just kind of got to roll with the punches. And yeah, and we were going to figure it out no matter what. I mean, we were getting yeah. married that day and that's what it was. And we were just going to make the most of it and, you know, enjoy and, and and have a great time. And the next day we were leaving to New York, we took like a little mini moon um, and we left from Tuesday and we came back Friday um, and we spent a few days in New York City. Um, and, and that was just really nice to just kind of like get away, but it wasn't like our full getaway. Um, and we were supposed to come back on Friday and then Saturday, celebrate with all of our friends, go out, whatever. And this is where you plan God laughs because we came back a day early. We came back Friday so that Saturday, everything would be fine. And then come Saturday, come literally one hour before we're supposed to go out, Michael got so ill that we ended up not being able to do anything. So <laughs> until this day, we really haven't even like celebrated our wedding. And at this point, it's kind of like, that's it. How, how much longer are we going to prolong the fact that we're married? Like, we get it. We're married. It is what it is. So you can still do it and you don't have to have an excuse for it. And I think no, like the, we that's don't. the fun part. It takes the pressure off. You can be like, like, hey, guys, like my house Friday, 7 p.m. You know, we're just going to have a party. And like, by the way, we're celebrating our wedding while you're here. Like when that's they what, get there. That's what one of my friends was telling me. She's like, you guys can still do it. It doesn't matter. I think we're just like so caught up in being like busy with both of our careers that it's just like we're both our, our now our schedules kind of like match up, but kind of don't. Now Michael has a full fledged nine to five corporate job, which I told them, welcome to the corporate life. It's great and horrible. Um, but, you know, all of your days are your employer's days um yeah. and that's just like what it is so you know when he gets home like we both like go to the gym after like we have like our regimen of like things that we do throughout yeah. our days so like by the time we both get home it's like later on in the evening like luckily we get to have dinner together which hasn't happened pretty much in the entirety of our relationship 
because we've always had completely separate schedules. Like Michael would work a lot of like night hours or whatever, and he wouldn't get home until later at night. And I've always had a nine to five job. So I was always home hours before he was home. So now we're kind of like, I like to say like an established married couple now, like it really has come full circle for us. We are now like a nine to five married couple with like health insurance and benefits and the 401ks and I'm like who are we <laughs> this is crazy but it's cool too that you guys kind of get to have that like where you build it's like a new I mean marriage is obviously a new phase in the relationship to begin with but like you guys have never even had where you guys get to have dinner oh, together yeah. at the same time like mm-hmm. it's cool that you guys get to have that moment for you and the pressure's off like you've had you got married you didn't have to deal with everybody's input on the napkins and this and that. Yeah. And like, you got mm-hmm. what you wanted. Ultimately, exactly. and now you get to build your life together. And that's the most important thing. And that's no, yeah, the best 100%. part. And, um, and it's funny because people keep asking me and us, you know, how is it being married? And I'm honestly like, it's the same shit. Like we, it feels the same, but I think it's because we've lived together for so long that it all, like nothing changed from one day to the next because we still like, came home to each other, we still did all of the same things. Like it wasn't I think for a lot of people who get married and maybe aren't living together. And now they have to live together. That's a whole new phase of learning how to live with someone else learning how to share your space. Oh, I could never marry someone if I didn't live with them before. No. (laughs) And and that's again, like to each their own because I know people who won't get who won't live with someone until they're married. I, I personally, that's not for me. Um, I'm glad that I got to, you know, live with Michael for a few years before we got married so that I could get used to, you know, having shoes in the middle of the living room, the toilet seat being up. It's just like the random little things that drive you absolutely insane. But like, I'm not going to constantly complain about it. Because at that point, it just like I, I nag. So it's like figuring out, okay, like, what picking my battles like what am I battling today like am I battling like the toilet seat up or am I battling like the shoes in the middle of the living room or do I just give up for today and so that's <laughs> kind of like I've learned that over the course of the last few years so now being married it's no different like it's exactly the same but I think that what is different now than previously is that um, you know, we we just have like this new phase of our careers that that is completely different than previous. So that's like a fun new like learning experience. Makes it exciting. And, yeah, and it's like a fun new way of like us trying to figure out like okay you know, what are we having for dinner? Like I've been cooking a lot more, which has been like really great for me because for a really long time I didn't cook. And I actually, you know, I prefer to cook. Like I don't like going out to eat all the time. It's not like my vibe. Um, so I've been more, I, what I like to call domesticated. Uh, That's Um, the word that I was thinking, but I didn't want to say. I've become fully domesticated as a wife. Like now I like cook for my husband. Like I cook for myself. Um, but just disclaimer, my husband can cook for himself. Um, uh, yeah, he, also he, says, he better at least clean the dishes. Oh, him. yeah. No, yeah. He he knows how to wash dishes. He knows how to do his own clothes. I just like if I'm home like today, yeah. like I, I will do it and I don't mind. But like there are days where I'll tell him like, okay, like you can do it. Uh, you're perfectly capable as a human being, as a man and as just like an everyday um, nine to five employee. Now you can come home and cook and, you know, clean the dishes and he understands. And we're in that sense, like we try to keep it very 50, 50 so that it's not me taking on all the burden or him taking on all the burden. 
but realistically like in any relationship it doesn't even have to be marriage like it's not always going to be 50 50 like sometimes you're 90 and he's 10 like sometimes there's some someone in the relationship that has to pull more weight than the other person and that's just the reality of relationships so anyone who's fooled into thinking that it's always 50 50 you're you're going to be very disappointed because that's not in fact the case because we and go through seasons any in our relationship lives. friendships oh, yeah, for sure even friendships mm-hmm. parents like your children when you get there if you go there like yeah it's you know oh yeah for sure there's that's and that's just like I think life in general as well like in this in this in life sense it would be you know things are sometimes up and then sometimes some things are really down or sometimes you're in the middle and and that's just kind of like how it is in any relationship whether it's a working relationship whether it's you know your personal relationship friendships it's it's you know a balance of figuring out like what works for your friendship or what works for your relationship but without it being a constant like sacrifice on one end versus the other yeah for sure and if it is then it's time to like let it go yeah yeah like let go like god that was my mom's like motto in life she would always tell me that my mom tells me that all the time and Mm -hmm. i that's and i firmly believe in it oh same that's one of Mm -hmm. my like core like mottos but so you mentioned that you know you guys are in the stage of figuring out your careers and like you know growing into that and who you Mm -hmm. guys are now as career people and you said you've always worked in a corporate job a a corporate nine to five but you work in social media so I do Mm -hmm. and we talked about this in the previous episode but you know, you work in a social media marketing agency. How did you kind of get into this field? Like, what was your first foray into social media marketing? And like, what are you, what do you do? Like, what, what does that look like doing social media at a corporate job? So it was like very random, actually me like getting into social media, because like you mentioned about you, like having planned your career and having like a certain job or whatever lined up and having all these plans. Well, I also had plans in college and there were a thousand different um, career paths I could have gone down, but I ended up changing my major so many times in college because every time I would get into one, I was like, I don't really like this or it doesn't feel like it's me. Um, And then finally, I just ended up getting my, my, bachelor's in communications and I was just like okay like what can I do with this and then it became more of like okay let me be practical and figure out like what it is that I can do and it wasn't actually until a year later like I graduated college and then I kind of had like odd jobs and I worked um, for a while at a law firm um, as a personal assistant and then like just kind of like bouncing around and then I decided I was like you know what like I'm gonna go back to school and I'm gonna get my master's in global strategic communications and kind of figure out like what I can do with like more and when I got into my program it was there was sort of a track you could go down doing social media. Um, And I took like a couple of classes and whatnot. And I decided that I was going to do like, we had to do kind of like a baby thesis um, for as a prerequisite for graduation. And so I did mine on social media and like, you know, talking about how social media was pretty much the future. And I used myself as an example and so for that whole year that I was in school I had that's when I started my Instagram page and I started it initially to to use it as a part of my thesis 
Um, and once I started doing it, I realized like, oh, this is actually really cool. I really like this. And I always liked writing and I always liked kind of coming up with like cool like concepts. Um, I just didn't know like what that looked like in a career. And obviously when I was younger, social media didn't exist. So that wasn't really a career you could you could go down. Yeah. Um, but I finally like once I started doing it, I realized like, oh, this is like really cool. This is I'm really good at this and I really like it. Um, you know what's and funny? So- I don't know if you follow Peyton Sarton, but she kind of did the same thing. Like in order to get a job when she got, so she went to um, a big state university for political science because she originally thought she was going to go to law school. And then when she graduated, she was like, you know, I don't really like this. I want to move to LA and like build my life out there. She had grown up in Texas her whole life. She's like, I'm moving to LA and social media was just starting out I don't know what year this was I think it was like 2015 ish around there yeah like 2016 yeah and she was like I want to get a job at for love and lemons and which in order to get the job she created a blog Mm -hmm. like to get them to notice her and like show that she could do like marketing and social media and like she was starting to see that the the rise of the influencer thing so it's kind of cool I like that you did that too that you use like yourself as an experiment to get you where you wanted to go it's exactly what she did and when she got there she was like yeah mom I'm not gonna go to law school like I really like this I'm gonna stay out here and I'm gonna figure this Mm -hmm. out and like she's now the big influencer that she is today you're now where you are and for me like I wrote my thesis on social media as well in law school I literally wrote it Mm -hmm. on why more lawyers are needed in the creator economy and a year later I'm now a lawyer in the creator economy and there's so many more of them and so many of them are my mentors and helping me expand my my interests and my passion so I can be a better lawyer in the creator economy and what I thought I was going to open my law firm to do I've already expanded and I opened it a week ago so like it's wild like you just kind of like got to let it happen but that's really cool that that was how you kind of got into it yeah I just it was like you know what's meant to be will be and that it kind of just like fell on my lap and I was like I'm going to take this opportunity and at the time um, social media wasn't necessarily as saturated as it is now so there were a lot more um well there were a lot less opportunities as far as careers were concerned but there was a lot more opportunity as far as a creator um so it's it's just like all it all just came full circle and when the pandemic happened um I worked in social media but I did a lot of marketing as well which go hand in hand it's all kind of you know under the same umbrella but I was doing um, marketing because I actually got my minor in marketing. And during the pandemic, I lost my job. And I think that that was when it was a real turning point for me because it was trying to figure out like, okay, what what do I do now? And it ended up being like the biggest blessing because, you know, at the time, obviously like trying to figure out like, what am I going to do? Like, how am I going to pay rent? Like, what am I going to do with life? Like was very stressful. But at the same time, pre-pandemic, I was miserable because I was getting paid nothing, barely livable income to live in Miami. And I I just hated like what I was, I did, just didn't love, I wasn't happy. Um, and I was like struggling like with grief and all these things. And I was like, oh my God, like I was so overwhelmed. And so the pandemic happens and that was kind of like my outlet a little bit in terms of like social media and figuring out like, okay, like where can I go from here? Um, And after that year, I found a job and it was the worst job I've ever had. It was horrible. I was even more unhappy than I was previously. 
I have never in my life quit a job, no less quit a job without having something else ready and lined up. I quit this job with nothing lined up. I just But I feel like that's so common. Like that has happened so much, especially during that time period, because everyone was so desperate for a job. Oh yeah. I was like, because at that point it was kind of like, okay, I need to get a job. Like it's, I'm done. Like I'm done sitting around, not doing anything. Or I felt like I wasn't doing anything. And it's like, I need, I need something more tangible. I need something more sustainable. And I need to start getting into more of like a routine and a flow. So I took this job on and it was like, also like, I like to take lessons from every job that I've had, whether they're good or bad. And from every boss that I've had and from every coworker that I've had, like, I always try to take you know, there's obviously the negative, which is why I left to begin with, but then also take like the positives or the learning lessons so that I can apply that moving forward. And what in, not to do in the in, future. And exactly. The or what you don't want to be. Exactly. And that's, and that's where I then was just like, okay, these are the red flags to look out for. Like if, like, it was like keywords that they would say that I'm just like, no, <laughs> goodbye next. And even in interviews, like I would know kind of like, what to look for, what to listen for. And if the job felt too good to be true, it's probably because it was. (laughs) When they would start like telling me all these things about like, you know, like happy hours, like every like three days, I'm just like that. That's like not a job. Like that doesn't even, how does that even sound realistic? Because then like what I would come to find out is that they like stress you out for the five days of the week and they treat you miserably but like oh like let's make it better by like giving you like a co-worker happy hour <laughs> that's how they smooth things over and I'm yeah. like no absolutely not like I don't need to go into another toxic um, environment for work because I'm a firm believer in the fact that we spend the majority of our time at work and if I'm gonna be at work like I want to enjoy the people that I work with and the space that I work in because if not then like and what's what the you're point? doing and what you're oh, doing because yeah, that is your energy is going to that and it affects it affects everything, everything. and it How even you affects your home. personal life it affects oh, like, 100%. It, it affects your friendships like when you're unhappy like that just seeps into every part of your relationship and your your life and when I was at my most miserable like for sure it would cause more arguments with Michael it would cause me to feel more distant from my friends because I was just unhappy and like yeah I was just I I know for me like yeah like that I I I noticed it in myself like why I I realized like I just need to go off on my own is because I was more miserable and I was like I'm gonna stop prolonging my happiness when I know what I want like I Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna sit here like I'd rather it be harder right now to get my foot in the door on my own firm and get started and build it up than be working for somebody else just because that's what you're supposed to do and be miserable and yeah it affects everyone around you and who Mm -hmm. you are around them and at that point then you know I'm gonna I'm not gonna I'm gonna alienate my friends I'm gonna isolate myself dating is gonna come to a complete halt because oh yeah I'm not energized to go out and be social and the only person who's going to get and end up worse off here is me so I I think it's super important to recognize and for people that are feeling that way like you know take inventory and like figure and like I love that like I'm the same way like take learning lessons from every good bad and ugly opportunity of what not to do and what you like what do you do want to take with you in the next step and what you don't want to do and the type of boss you don't want to be the type of employee you don't want to be and use that to inform you, like make a list of like where your life is right now, make a list of where you want it to be. And then make 
goals that are going to get you from point A to point B. And there doesn't have to be a timeline because it's going to no. be different. But and like, it's also, don't expect for everything that you want to be what it is, if that makes yeah, sense. It's gonna, like, yeah, you have to allow it to change. It's not how it change. works. Oh, no, yeah. yeah. And it, it's it, I've had to learn that kind of the hard way because it's Same. at the end of the day, not every job that I've had has been so miserable, but it's like there's been some like good parts to it. But it's at the end of the day, like you'll know when when the vibe is right and like when you feel most comfortable. And that's when I now my now job or like my now company, like my previous boss, when she hired me, what I think I loved the most was how transparent she was with the expectations of the job, like what um what the job entailed, what the company, you know, was like, et cetera, et cetera. So when I went into the job, I didn't feel completely blindsided because that's how I felt with my previous jobs where it's like, they sold me this dream. And then when I went into the dream, it was actually a nightmare. And then it would, it would stress me out because it's like, what's happening. And I kept thinking it was me. And it was me in terms of like me picking the jobs that like, I had like an inkling about that, like, wasn't right. But I just took it because kind of out of desperation, like I needed a job. And like, I was just like, this is the way to do it. And so with this one, it felt like I had taken my time to sort of, I had gone through like the learning lessons. I took my time, like picking this job, picking this company, I'm going through a lot of interviews with different companies and I finally landed on this one and I was like, okay, I think this is the one. And when I got there, like, I was like, okay, like this is, this is great. And like, I have never been at a job where I was so happy for so long. And I obviously I'm still happy, but like for the first year, it was truly like, I didn't have like anything really negative to say, like, of course, it's like, so rare st- nowadays. And it's so sad. it is very and it's like every job has its stress naturally. Yeah. And like I work at an agency. So like we have a lot of different personalities that we work with a lot of different clients. So of course, like your clients, you know, will say things or do things where you're just like kind of rolling your eyes and you're like, okay, like, take a deep <laughs> breath, like figure it out. But, you know, overall, like the experience was so great. And I was, you know, part of it is I'm really thankful for my my boss because she was very easy to work with and we got along really quickly, really easily. Yeah. And that I think made the whole working experience that much better is because her and I worked so well together. And that was the first time I had ever had a boss that actually like took the time to like sit with me and like just talk and get to know me and like we became friends like we just had this this that two is days so ago important. we just had lunch yeah like oh it's, it's literally I was thing. talking about that with my mom today like the sitting down and guiding you and helping you and answering your questions and taking time to develop you as a person and as an employee is so so important yeah and also personality wise like what you said like the vibe like I got there and like I liked the vibe in the interviews like I could tell when it was off in other companies Mm -hmm. and this one like I knew it was right because the vibe was right and then you get there and it reaffirms that by being treated the way you are and you know it's so important just like you want to like it's not just like what it like and and this is with anything like when it's a mutual decision when you interview you like you Mm -hmm. can't and and dating too like you can't go into it like I hope they hire me I hope they hire me like desperation they smell that like you need to go in it's like here's what I can offer you here's Mm -hmm. what I bring to the table this is what you can offer me. I want to learn from you because I want to do this, this, and this. This is what you 100%. guys do. I want to learn from it. Here's what I already can bring to the table. 
Yeah. You want to make it a mutually beneficial offer. And, and you want to be confident. Like I, funny enough, yeah. I just, my last podcast episode is all about this and it's all about like, obviously my career, but also just like my sort of now as a boss, like when I think about like, okay, who am I going to hire? Or like even the girls that work under me, like what, what am I expecting sort of like, what do I want to see? Like, what do I try to sort of like teach them and like mentor them? And, and I feel like confidence is the number one thing. Like you need to know that you bring something to the table, not necessarily that no one else brings, but that you will tell them I am going to do this and I'm going to do it that much better than someone else because like I care. It's unique and, to you. Yeah. And because this is who I am as a person. Um, And I think that, you know, now at my job, when I got my job last year um, in 2022, it was during the summer and I Im- almost immediately within six months had already been promoted once. And then I got promoted again a second time. Um, and I got a title change. And then finally, the third time it was like, okay, my boss decided that she wanted to step down. And she was like, I want you to be my successor, essentially, um, and offered me my now title. So now I am the director of social media. And it's been like a whirlwind of like, learning to, you know, be a boss and be young. I'm, I mean, I'm not like super young, but I'm also not old. So it's like, being in that middle middle ground where I am older than the girls that that work in my department, but I'm not too old where I can't like understand and relate to the things that they talk about or the things that they sort of expect as employees or, you know, like there's a lot more relatability that I feel is, is a, a key part of it versus, you know, having bosses that are a lot older who are in a completely different like generational bracket who did things differently, very differently than our generation now and even Gen Z, because we have to remember that Gen Z is eventually going to be the big demographic of of people trying to get a job. And they already are. I'm technically mm-hmm. Gen Z. Technically, right. unfortunately. Well, technically, right. I, I'm like awkwardly, like I'm that one year in the that middle. is like straddling mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm not yeah. Gen Z, but then I realize I am and I'm like, yeah. fuck. And, because and I'm more like, of a millennial like at heart. And that's what it, and that's what it is now. It's the millennials and the Gen Zers that are kind of now taking over the workforce. And so it's figuring out, okay, how do we best adjust to this? And I think that people um, in, in companies who are a lot older still haven't sort of switched their mindset because they're still in the mentality of like, oh, old school, like we didn't give all these perks and blah, blah, blah. But like God, now I you have to that realize shit. that, you know, like now- the new generation is very entitled in that sense. And I don't say that like in a good or bad way. I just say it as a matter of fact, like that is what yeah. it is. And they have certain expectations of things that they want in the workplace. Some and they can ask it for it. Crazy. And- yeah, no, some but of them are, are some ridiculous. Are, some are ridiculous, but but overall <laughs> but some are I mean, important and valuable. Yeah. And like I literally was talking about this with my mom today. Like I am asking for these things at work because I work a part-time job as an attorney while I'm building my own thing. And it's like, I'm asking for these things. And because they have a mentality of this is the way I was taught. So this is how I'm going to teach you. Guess what? Not everyone is like that. And if you want to be a good boss, you have to be, who you were talking about this earlier, adaptable to your employees. Like you can't, it's not one size fits all. It never was but it a hundred percent is not now and you can't mm-hmm. treat it that way anymore. And I think it's super 
I respect you as an, a boss, like using that, your experience and learning from it. And mm-hmm. actually what's the word I'm looking for? Like adopting that and like using yeah. what you learn because these people, they complain just as much as we do. Right. But they don't want to do anything about it because it's harder to train and it's harder to guide because they want it done now. And they want to like, you know, you can't just right. t- throw them to the wolves anymore. That's not mm-hmm. fair. And it's annoying as hell that yeah. someone is asking for it. I know because I have interns. So I know sometimes I'm like, I don't want to sit here and explain it to her. Why can't you just do it? But it's like, no, if I want it done, yeah. like I can do it faster than they can. But the whole point is to delegate and allow them to do it. And the only way they're going to learn is if you sit there and explain it to them. So right. take the hour out of your day now and you get 50 hours back later. And well, that's I wish my more people understood that. And I think it's really that's cool my big that, thing. that you did that. And I think like you were saying, like as more millennials and Gen Z become part of the workforce and more millennials and older Gen Z start taking on these leadership roles and mentoring the next generation, I look forward to seeing that shift. I mean, I'm hoping it does because like you and I were having these conversations. Oh, it will, it will for sure. It will, no doubt about it. I think that, you know, now we see a lot more of employers understanding the work-life balance, you know, work is at work, home is at home. I personally, like I, I have an issue with work like I work often um even sometimes when I'm at home which I shouldn't but I've become a lot better at not doing that anymore because I think it's important to have that work home life balance and leave work at work because at the end of the day like everything can be a fire um but you know just because something is a fire to one person doesn't mean it's a fire to me um and you know I, I just I'm not here to put out fires even on like my personal time or like my free time, but I'm happy to do whatever I can during the hours that I work and sometimes even beyond that. Um, but without like also putting boundaries and I'm very much about that with my, with my girls too. Like if you're off, you're off. I don't want you working. Like, I think that's ridiculous. You're off for a reason. Um, if you, you know, after work hours, like I don't bother them on the weekend. I don't bother them unless it's truly like an emergency or it's truly something that's important. And like there are very few times where I will text them and be like, Hey, like what's going on on the weekend? Unless we're talking, like we are friends. So like, we also like talk yeah. about other things and like we text and whatever, but overall, like work-wise, it really is Monday through Friday, nine to five thirty. like five thirty, we're done. Like I don't care if, cause I know when, when I was kind of like starting off in my career, you know, ending the day at 5 p.m. or 5.30 or whenever your day ends, if you left on the dot, like that was frowned upon. Like it was just like, why are you doing that? That's horrible. But to me, the way I see it is that if you're making the most of your time from 9 to 5.30 and you're working and you're doing everything that you are supposed to be doing and there is nothing pending for, you know, the rest of the day, then at 5.30 on the dot, you're free to go. I mean, that's, that's technically per whatever it is that you were told, like that is your time to work. So I'm not going to sit here and and keep you unless it really is something that's pressing that really needs to get done for the following day or whenever, if there's a deadline. But if, you know, as long as you're making the most from the time that you start work to the time that work ends, 
I personally have no issues with people doing, you know, whatever, leaving at whatever time they need to leave, taking their hour lunch if they need to take it. Like there has to be like a happy medium where people just don't feel like all they're doing is just like sitting and like, just like at the computer all day long. And like, especially in what we do in social media, like being on your phone all day long and being on the computer all day and like creating and like whatever it's just like it becomes overwhelming and then when you go home like you're on your phone scrolling and like you're already drained from the day and then it just it bleeds into everything else it's and it's oh yeah 100 but I love everything you're saying like my mom is a manager at her job now like in the last couple years and she literally this week I've been helping her write out like what a day in her life of a manager like so Mm -hmm. she's a director so like the manager under her like a day in life with the manager's role should be because they're not effectively using their eight hours the way that they should be and you know I'm helping her like write it out like and make it like short and sweet and like to the point but everything that you're saying is like what she teaches her team and she truly takes like she works ridiculous hours because she doesn't actually get her work done until everybody else has gone home because she's spending the day training training but doing she much rather would do that and actually guide you and be there to help you than to see you suffer and like yeah I know it hurts her seeing me like that and so I think it's really cool that you know as our generation my generation and yours start becoming the leaders we start implementing those mistakes that we saw and our pain points and doing something about it and I think that's really cool I'm a true believer in that in terms of like um, you know, finding ways to like best make it work for everyone. I'm I very much um with my girls, if you ask them, I'm always asking them questions. So I'll always ask them like, okay, how are we feeling today on a scale of one to ten? Like how stressed are we? How overworked or overloaded are we with work on a scale of one to ten? If you tell me you're at a seven, that's pretty moderate for social media. So like we're good. But if anything is at an eight or above, it's like finding ways. Okay, how can we find a solution to like make that. you feel less stressed? Um, but also like putting together like lists. So like for my part-timers or for the interns, it's like putting together a list at the end of every day to say like, okay, this is what we did for the day Um, here. When you come tomorrow, here's a list of what needs to be done. Here's like a, a deadline of when it needs to be done. Little examples or whatever. Like I like to lay everything out because before I became um, director, I was a manager. And with that came the responsibility of um, teaching our interns. So I was always hands-on with the interns. Sometimes we had three interns at a time, which believe it or not, is very overwhelming um, because you're constantly getting questions. Um, But now as a director, I'm like, because I had that experience when the girls come in and they're like, are you busy? I always say I'm always busy, but not too busy to answer any of your questions. Cause like, in essence, every boss is busy. Like that's just what well, everyone, is. no matter what your um, role is, you're busy. And I think that's a great way to look at it. It's like, yes, I'm busy, but how can I help you? Like, how yeah, can I make like I, I, I think the stupidest question is like, for me, like I always tell the girls, like, my my motto is there's no such thing as a stupid question. The only stupid thing is not asking the question. And that's not to say like, don't come to me asking me a question about, um, you know, how do you upload this on social media? Like that's basic. Like you should know how to do that. That's part of your job. But like, yeah. if it's more in, if it's more in depth, um, and you've like researched or you've tried to look for it and you can't figure it out, don't sit there for three hours and try to figure it out because you're you could have asked me and I probably could have given you an answer and you wouldn't have wasted three hours out of the day. So 100%. it's like 
and and even if it is like a quote unquote like stupid question or like it's more so like you should know the answer to it I would prefer you ask the question after you've kind of like tried than just like sit there and waste time or not like I think I think that is the stupid part that a lot of people do is they just try to truly figure it out on their own either because their boss doesn't want to deal with them and tells them like just figure it out or because like they are just like they don't want to ask for help and I think either either way you look at it whether you're a boss or you're an employee I mean you guys are all working together that's that that's the whole point of being a team um and so you're supposed to work together to figure out you know solutions to problems but also figure out how to cohesively work together and make the most of the time that you have during the work hours. Um, so I always try to to find ways to, you know, delegate as much as I can, but also take on as much as I can and and try to help um, my team not feel like they're taking on all the burden because I never want to I never want people to, I never want the girls to go home. And when their friends ask them like, oh, how's your boss? It's like, oh, well, she sits there and does nothing and makes me do everything. Like, I never want anyone to say yeah. that about me. And I never want them to say that, like, I don't treat them well or like, I don't know. And I have this unfortunate quality in me that like, I, I want people to like, be happy and and like it's a good thing and a bad thing because then like all I'm thinking about all the time is like how can I make you happy instead of like thinking like how can I make myself happy Um, but I think with employees it's important to keep them happy because they are like the wheels on the bus that make things run and if they're not happy then that's when we have like car accidents and in, in you know like yeah the, the metaphorical to, sense yeah if we're no, trying to use metaphors here but I you know what you're saying it's it's oh. it becomes a disaster so I, I I try to avoid that at all costs oh 100 I'm literally like as you're saying all this I'm just like as the employee I'm feeling that and I'm asking for help and guidance and I'm not getting it and it's really freaking frustrating but also as I'm starting yeah. my own firm I'm like keeping mental note of all the yeah, things for sure I want to implement when I get to the point where I can hire because do I need to hire? Right. Yes. Can I afford to? No. But right. like, as I get there, I, I and because I know I'm going to have to do it quickly and like may not be able to assess like the first few employees, like they may not be there forever. Some hopefully they will be, but like, you know, cause I might have to do it out of desperation. The, the systems and the processes are in place, but hundred sure. percent like work harder, not like work smarter, not harder. And like, That's why are my we, motto in work life. why are we, <laughs> yeah. Like, why are we killing ourselves? And like, it like you don't want them to feel like they have to be doing that too, because it just doesn't make it fun. Like you want to, like at the end of the day, you spend most of your time at work. You want to have fun at work and you want to yeah. make sure the personalities fit and the vibe is there. And yeah, you're going to be stressed. You're going to have issues, but have ways to, resolve them and help each other out because at the end of the day yeah you're a team you're all working together yeah what do you think you've learned the most about yourself like how have you as a person changed having now taken on this role like outside of like the work aspect but how has it made you a better person a better friend a better wife a better like just person in general I think it's made me I feel like I've had a shift in in my way of thinking and seeing things my perception has changed on just like I think life in general um I think you know it's given me a lot more I've I've, I like to believe I've always been a pretty patient person but it's given me a lot more patience and understanding because I was once there not too long ago and I know what it feels like and I know what it's like 
Um, and that's why I always want to make everyone on my team feel heard because I want them to feel like they can come to me and talk to me about whatever it is that they need to talk to me about. Even if it's about me, I always try to like keep them accountable too and like have them tell me like, what can I work on as a boss? Like what, what is the, is there anything that, you know, makes you feel like, you know, I could do better at and whether I love that self-awareness and I think that's something that our generations like millennials and gen z have that others don't yeah and I think that's gonna be such an incredible thing as you move forward and also for us being in social media ourselves I think has made us more self-aware like going back to the beginning like being more vulnerable and like choosing when Mm -hmm. and what to share like we have more self-awareness of like all right I'm like this is like a big intense moment, but like, I feel good enough in myself to share this because I know it could help somebody else, but maybe this one, like I'll hold on to for a little longer and share. After right. This. Exactly. Like, that self-awareness in career is a hundred percent, like so important. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's just helped me. Like, I think in maybe my husband would say that, like, maybe it's made me more of like, more task oriented in the home so it's like let's do this let's do this let's do this and like having like sort of like a routine um which which drives Michael crazy because he is not that type of person and he's not I wouldn't say he's not like a structured person but he's he's very go with the flow which I'm very very much not and that's where we kind of like complement each other um but that's what I'll say like opposites attract sometimes oh for sure sometimes no sometimes they do I'm like you and I need someone who is like way more like go with the flow like get shit done when they need to get shit done they know they have their things and they they're gonna do them maybe have to ask them once or twice but they eventually get it done but then other times they're like all right let's go get it from the computer we're going out to dinner like let's go have fun like you need to like get out of your comfort zone let's be spontaneous like I need that to like we and then like we work each other out like we balance yeah each other and out and you that. you learn over time like what you need um and like Michael and I are very homebodies we like to be home um we we enjoy like just spending time in our home whether it's apart or together um it's just like being home is like a nice feeling for me and I've, I've gotten more into that as I've gotten older because I think previously like what you just said is something I probably would have said but I think now as and this is not even because I'm married like this happened pre being married um but I think over time I started to like realize that like I just like to kind of like make my home homey and like just oh, I'm both there's hang there's out body um, but I'm a, I want to go out too but it depends on like my day and my mood and like I need them to like know that which is and the I like, hardest part I, I like to like go out but like it's less of like going out and more of like hanging out with friends at their homes like that's like a big thing that we we do a lot is like well, different people will have like a game night at their house. We'll go over, we'll host game that. night at our house. Like we'll have like a cute little, like, um, you know, something. And it's just like, everyone's kind of like at each other's homes. And that's, that's become like the new thing for us, which honestly, I kind of love because there, no, I love that too. There's nothing that I love more than just putting on a pair of like sweatpants and like, just like being comfortable. And I've, I've really like, honed in on that like more than ever especially in the last like I would say like year and like you know I still have my outfits and I still take like my my like for social like my pictures with you know cute outfits and whatever and obviously for work I have to get dressed every single day but it's like when I don't have to and I like I truly don't have to I'm like yeah we're 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 taking that and we're and we're really just fully embracing the not having to get ready 
and like doing yeah. the no makeup makeup <laughs> but like truly no makeup oh so. same I'm with you 100% <laughs> um no I'm definitely like I'm I would say like I'm an extroverted introvert I don't know what you think you are mm-hmm. or what you are but I like there's days where I'm a homebody and like no one's getting me up from the couch. I'm gonna read my book. I'm gonna watch my show. We can have game night. If you want to come over, bring the bottle of wine, bring the games. Like we can do it here. I'm not leaving my house though. Mm-hmm. If you want, like, and there's days where like, nope, I'm 100% by myself. Like everyone leave. Like I need to be by mm-hmm. myself. And then there's other nights where I'm like, no, like I want to go out to dinner. I want to go dancing. I want to go this. I want to do that. I want to try this new restaurant. And it's like I need someone who's like up for all of it. Yeah. But, We'll see. You'll find the, you'll the, find the someone. Dating, the dating you'll find it. is it'll happen uh, when it's meant to happen. Oh, 100%. I'm on pause. No, I'm trust. I'm honestly like this is my. I literally was talking about this with a mentor the other day, like, and my professor, like, this is my year of my business and myself and my friendships. Yeah, and perfect. if it happens in the meantime, cool. If not, no harm, no foul. Like next year, I want to buy my house. I'm saving up to buy my house like do it that and like you know life girl and like if it happens in the meantime like that's great but like this year and next year like it's all about me and traveling and friendships and like saving money and we'll see what happens when it happens because yeah like like it's it's gonna if it's meant to be it's gonna happen exactly I think like I think that's a big theme like in my life it's definitely a theme in your life like unfortunately like things happen that we have no control over and we just kind of mm-hmm. have to deal with them and some are really really hard like what happened in your life but you've made the most of it and you've made the best of it and I think with everything like every chapter every phase of life like as they come like it makes you better and more compassionate and more Absolutely. understanding and and it makes you a better boss and it makes you a better friend and a better wife and it just it, it like life happens the way that it's meant to at the end of the 100%. day and I think that's like the most beautiful thing and like we just gotta stop trying so damn hard yeah oh yeah 100 percent. I, I couldn't agree more I think you know at the end of the day like I am content with my life and I'm content with you know the trajectory of of how things progressed obviously there were wrenches that were thrown um that got in the way and some bigger wrenches than others but I think, you know, I, the way I think about it is I could have easily allowed losing my mom to kind of, you know, be the thing to stop me from doing anything with my life and and truly let grief consume me. But the way I thought about it was like, you know, I have one life. I have to make the most of, yeah. And I was so young. Like I have to like do the most with what I have. Like I'm blessed to be healthy and I'm blessed to, you know, have a great support system. And, you know, everything that I've gone through is a learning lesson. And, you know, my mom wanted nothing more than for me to have a successful career and a successful life and be married to someone who like truly loved me, obviously have a family. Like these are all things that she aspired like she wanted all these things for me so it would be a disservice to her and her memory for me to have wasted my my opportunities and my ability in in life because you know again I only have one life and we all do and I think you know we all deal with things differently and for some people um you know having gone through what I went through like maybe 
they turned out a different way than I did, whether good or bad. But, you know, at the end of the day, I can only control myself and I can only control the things that I do in my life. And um, I think obviously a huge part of just everything um, that I've been able to accomplish, like has a lot to do with Michael for sure. And I think him being my big support system it played an essential, crucial part because I think to myself, like if I didn't have Michael, like, I don't know what would have happened in terms of, you know, how I would have dealt with my grief. And a lot of my friends tell me like, you know, you were strong, no matter what, from the beginning, whether it was with Michael and or that's not. Obvious and I, that you are, I yeah, think. like, I would agree. For those that are going through something like this, that don't have a support system in a partner or someone like a really good friend that is like your ride or die, you know, I like, for example, like me, like if this in that and something like this, what happened to me like I, I am by myself and I think it's something that innate in you and I both that we are just very strong we we're talking about this off air adaptable we're we're resilient we we, we roll with the punches and like that's kind of the theme of like this episode sure. and like you would have been okay but it's even better that you didn't have to do it alone right. and he has been there for you and also right. with everything like what you were saying of like your mom wanted these things for you it would be a disservice to her she's guiding you along through it. She may not be on earth to do it, but she's still guiding you and she's still putting those obstacles and those blessings and all those things in your path for you to learn and grow because she lived her life to the fullest until she couldn't anymore. And she doesn't want you to stop living your life just because she doesn't get to live it with you. Oh yeah. And And I, and I think by yourself. Yeah, I would have done it no matter what. I think Michael was a crucial part of it. I think my friends were also an essential part. Like I'm an only child um, and and so is Michael. And, you know, we don't like, because we don't have siblings, there's not like that extra person who's there to like sort of understand like what you may be going through. But I think my friends, you know, truly became, they were always my family, but like they were, they truly became like my sisters and like, my my chosen family and the people who rallied around me and every time I'm sad or every time I'm whatever like they're just like hey like come over um and and it just like feels nice to have that because um it's it's almost it's almost better than like having it through blood like having a sibling that was just like given to me because you know that's just like what it they, is they choose to show up for you every day and right. be there for you exactly. and you choose to show up for them and I I'm I have a younger sibling and you know but I 100% am with you like my friends are at this point in my life where I'm not because my brother's four years younger so like we don't and he's also mm-hmm. a boy so like we have very different experiences like right my friends are my chosen family and they are the ones that are in the trenches with me. And my brother a hundred percent has been there for me as well, but like, he doesn't, I mean, I think he, he knows, but like, he doesn't know it in the same way that these people are. And it's the same thing that they're your chosen family. And I think, yeah, you would have done it on your own. It's amazing that you didn't have to, but like you got where you are today because it was in you and they just supported you in that. And you know, when you were down, they were there to be like, you know what, like, you know, you're capable of so much more. And I think it's really hard when you don't have that support system, but it's never too late to cultivate it. And that's the beauty of social media, especially like me and Sasha, like we were joking about, we literally have never met in person. And Mm -hmm. here we are having these deep conversations. Like you can cultivate that for yourself, no matter where you are in what stage of your life, definitely through social media. And that's the power of it. And connectivity and community and like you know you're never as alone as you think you're never you know 
you're, you're, you're doing fine and you're going to be okay. And like, you have people that want the best for you, even if you don't think that you do, like they're there. And like, like the theme of this episode, literally like the title is like everything happens for a reason. And it, both of our episodes have been that, but yeah, for people who want to get into social media though, like kind of work in the agency side of things, not so much the influencer side, but the agency mm-hmm. side, the marketing side, like let's say they're, you know, in college, like graduating their marketing majors, or even if they're not a marketing major, how can they get into this field? Like working at a company, like where you work and what are the skills, the tools that they should know as they, you know, it's, it's February. So graduation's right around the corner and they're thinking about jobs. Like where, sure. where do they start? Um, so if you're, if you are in the marketing communication sort of field, it makes it a lot easier to get into it only because you've probably either taken classes in social media. That's a lot more common now in marketing majors um, they have some sort of class that they can take um, that is, you know, purely based on social media. But I mean, also, like, I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Like, social media isn't, like, the most complicated thing on the planet to figure out. Like, you can sit and truly teach yourself how to do it. So for those who are not at all in the space of social media, that doesn't mean that you don't have the opportunity to be able to do it or to learn. It just is is something else that you now have to teach yourself. And it's something that, you know, an extra skill that you might not have extra guidance on had you done it through being a major in college, for example. But for me, like as someone who's hired um, people, like when I look for a resume, I think the main qualifications that I look for, I don't need you to have had so much experience. um, But what I do need, and I think the interview process is where I really, everyone in, in my office would joke that like, I have like this innate ability to kind of like read people from the first like five minutes oh yeah you make your speaking. first impression from the first 30 seconds yeah. like I and can your resume tell. just gets you in the door but the interview is yeah. the the most important part and sure. I and I and I read every resume like I try to go and it's not like we I don't get like an influx of a thousand resumes so I can't even imagine like it's with with those I truly believe that sometimes that is kind of just like luck of the draw because you can't possibly go through a thousand resumes um in in the span of a few days unless you're really sitting there all day doing that um but I feel like with me like when I'm reading through resumes like what I'm looking for is the main skills which are like Canva um if you know um how to use like any kind of like video editing tool photo editing tool if you have like InDesign experience like that's a plus. Um, if you know how to use, um, you know, especially Photoshop, like if you know how to use Photoshop, that's great. But I feel like Canva is like the next best thing. It's like what I like to call Photoshop for dummies. Um, oh, 100%. And it's just like very convenient. The templates are there for you. Like that's almost purely what we use exclusively at my agency. But I think it's also things like um, if you know like how to do Facebook ads, for example, definitely important. And I think for most jobs, that's a, that's a plus. It's not like a requirement, but it's definitely it does help because teaching people Facebook ads is very time consuming because Facebook ads are very complicated sometimes. Facebook does not like to make things easy for you, so there's no. extra parameters you have to learn. Um, and 
I think that's like essentially like what I like look for. Obviously, like knowing all platforms and like knowing how to like create things. I would say another big thing is definitely create some sort of a portfolio, um, whether it's even just like what I did, for example, which is like creating your own like social media page and like using that as the example like as long as you, an employer can see what you can do, that definitely helps in that process because you have to stand out out of a group of, even if it's 30 or 40 people, like you need to be the one. So, and you never know when you're interviewing how many people they're trying to hire unless they they tell you. But typically it's, you know, it could be just one or maybe it's two and you have to be two out of 40. Um, but you have a one in 20 chance of getting hired it's like you really have to stand out and I think a portfolio is um is key to that um cover letters were the thing back then apparently they still are now I I think more so for like professional not that what you guys don't do is professional but I'm saying like more for like the like legal jobs or like accounting or like things like that like those companies are for sure still like cover letters but I think for you guys, like the more creative industries, I think it's more so like the resume and the portfolio. The because portfolio the cover letter, because the cover letter is essentially like summarizing what your resume says and like being like, this is all my experience. This is why I'm applying for your job. Like, this is what I can do for you. Like, that's what the cover letter is. The portfolio yeah. is showing them visually, because that's what you're going to be doing, exactly. what you can do for them. So, like, I don't think you need both in your no. case. I think the and, portfolio and is important. The, the cover letter for me is like non-existent. I like, I'll, if you send it, like I'll read it, but it just doesn't really make sense to me. Typically, like if you, if I start reading your resume and I think like, it's cool. Um, I want to learn more about you. I'll reach interview. out and then ask for a portfolio um, or sometimes I'll interview. And then if, if I feel the vibes are cool, but like, I feel a little bit like, maybe you don't have as much experience as you said on your resume. Like I want to see your portfolio because I want to visually see like what you can do. And then the last thing would be writing skills. I think writing skills are really important, um, especially in social media. Like, yeah, we're just writing captions and like whatever, but like the captions need That's to make so sense. And like, sometimes like I read like some people on social media, I read um their por- their profiles and I'm just like, I'll read captions. I'm like, what? Like, what does this even mean? Like, I don't even understand this caption. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. So I think writing is crucial. It's a huge, and especially if you work in different industries, um, my agency specifically uh, focuses more on um, luxury real estate. Um, So when you're describing, uh, you know, $10 million penthouse, like you better be explaining that well, because you're trying to get someone to spend $10 million to buy the penthouse. Um, So it's it's different little things like that or even when you're doing like we do we do hospitality as well and like you know you don't have to write full-on paragraph captions but you know you want to summarize and find different ways of saying things um in in you know one like mouthful is like what I like to call it like how can you say something with without really like taking a breath when you say the sentence and that's like you want to give that essence but like make it based and themed on whatever that client specific client is if you work in agency life if you work in-house then obviously like that's branded to whatever the company is um and and you learn about brand voice um in college a lot especially if you're a marketing major um 
you learn yeah. a lot about branding and brand voice and how to say certain things and how to, you know, what the aesthetic is for the overall brand. Um, and sometimes but I think that all comes down to words. Like I think that's such a oh, lost sure. art with the social media age. People don't know how to talk or write anymore because it's all video content and yeah. video is super important, but writing isn't going anywhere. You, you need to be able to talk about what you're doing, especially in an interview you, or like hundred percent on a podcast, 100%. They, they want to feature you or in a book or in a news article or magazine, yeah. whatever, like any feature, like you need to be able to explain in words what yeah. you do and what you're showing and, and explain your portfolio. And I think exactly. A- and video content is obviously huge nowadays on, on social media platforms. It's, it's pretty much critical. Um, if you are doing, if you are, let's say a freelancer right now and you're listening and you're doing social media strategy for a company and you're not including any kind of video content, AKA reels, then your, your client is suffering like there there's no way there's no way around that one obviously tiktok is like a huge platform what do you Um, think is gonna happen with tiktok did you hear about that like tiktok might be going away like as as someone who works in that side like what what's your thought on that i mean i I think it's like a good and bad thing like all social media managers are probably like jumping up and down for joy in a sense because it's one less platform that you have to worry about (laughs) um especially like when you have like we have certain clients that are on like six different platforms, like that becomes very time consuming and overwhelming. So if you can take away one platform, it makes one social media manager very happy. But I feel like obviously TikTok is a very prominent and like growing platform. I personally am a huge fan of TikTok. I've actually shifted a lot of my personal like focus to TikTok more so than Instagram, just because I feel like it's a lot, um, easier it's easier to digest it's easier to um like create um and you have more potential for like eyes on your on your platform versus instagram kind of to me has now become sort of like stagnant in a sense um i wish i almost wish that they would have never transformed and like gone over to like video content i loved when it was just like i'm glad it's back to like mostly photo now that you see that that they're emphasizing photo again on instagram that's the hope because um i'm sorry but again every social media manager on the platform on on the platform and in the world is like knocking their head against the wall because they're having to create reels every single day and that becomes very time consuming not even as a social media manager but for me in general as someone who's trying to you know well especially as I was in school but now like I'm trying to grow my business and I have to market it and I'm using social media to market it because it's free but then like I have to worry about video content too. I'm like graphics and video and I have to show my personality. And then I want to still show personal content. So yeah, TikTok has become more of like the fun, yeah. quirky, like real side of me. And right. then Instagram is more like the business side, but like, I still want it to be enjoyed when I want to show my life. And I'm just like, there's so much to consider. So I there's, there's a imagine. lot. Yeah. There's a lot to think about and a lot to consider now on, especially on Instagram, but like just in social media in general, on all platforms, it's like, you're constantly thinking about like the next best thing. Like, how can you like, you know, when you have clients demanding, like not demanding, but like constantly like mentioning, wanting to go viral. It's like, there's no like and there's no one solution to like going viral yeah. because every person who's ever gone viral literally says, I didn't think this video would go viral. <laughs> like that's literally it's always, the, the, it's always like, the, the bad, the worst video, like the two second, the, 
yeah like oh. you don't know what's gonna go viral and what's not like there's no anyone who tells you that there's a solution to go viral all is those strategy people all those strategy it's, people drive there is no up a fucking wall they're all no. fucked all no, of them are fucked. there's no like when people are saying like alex earl is like the new like it girl on tiktok personally i i love her and i don't know why i love her but i love her and i think that i have to send you something i i don't know if you saw this it's like because she's like the serena vanderwoodson of this generation and when i put those together i was like that's why she's probably like i would i would think there's something about her there's like that it factor that makes her i I think she lives the life that she's interesting she's interesting yeah and you want to like sit there and like listen to her get ready with me's even if they're two minutes long like it doesn't matter but like people who give you a strategy to be able to be the next alex earl are lying to you there is no strategy to being alex earl like you just have to be a personality it's not about a niche it's not about a trending audio it's not about a certain like you need to have it you You either have it or you don't you can do all the get ready with me videos that you want to do in your lifetime and if they're not interesting it's not going to do anything and so it's just like it's it's just one of those things that it's kind of like she just happened to be the person that like just became the next like it person on TikTok. But as far as the platform is concerned, I mean, I think two years ago they were saying that TikTok was going to disappear like back then and then nothing happened. So I don't know. Like I, you know, whatever happens, happens. Obviously, we're not in control of that. If it decides to kind of like go away, then obviously we'll have to pivot and focus and and social media managers around the world will have to re-strategize but that's that's just all to say that like at the end of the day have all all platforms available to your business your clients however whatever industry you work in just you know have let's say like an instagram handle secured have a facebook page like created get everything like in line in case tiktok disappears tomorrow like what will you do like, where is your audience? Like, your audience is not going to know where you are. And you want to have an audience that, or a platform that no one can take away from you. Like a exactly. blog or a website or, exactly. you know. Or a podcast. A podcast. Like, those are, those are for sure, like, platforms where you're going to have an evergreen audience. 100%. YouTube, YouTube is not 100% your own, but it's definitely more of, like, something that you can control and is more evergreen, Absolutely. I think. YouTube, for sure, isn't going to go away anytime soon. No. But um, you never know with Instagram, even and and TikTok yeah. especially. Like you don't know when the end of the road would be for those. So it's just trying to just have a backup plan in case any of that were to fail. Like what do you do next? So yeah. um, just always keeping that in the back of your mind, just in case, because it's definitely a thought that I have sometimes. I'm like, what would happen? But I think social media is going away I don't think it'll ever go away or disappear it's just gonna keep evolving in different ways whether that's platforms or the current platforms we have now evolving in different ways but there's always gonna be the next like platform like be real is like one of those things like snapchat was was, like the it thing back then but when I was in in high school snapchat has made a comeback I don't know why or how but like all of a sudden all of gen z's on snapchat and I'm just like like don't make this like a you thing like this was a millennial thing like we had snapchat before you did like don't yeah. pretend um but yeah, then they discovered like, the newest thing and i'm like it's no, like when, it's y- like the when they discovered thing. y2k and we're all like that's our childhood please don't bring that back 
but it's like you know like at the end of the day again like catering to gen z like they are the generation they are like the biggest like target demographic so it's and and they're very hard to please so it's um it's just like finding finding new trendy ways of like making content and making things happen um making new creating new ideas that they find to be exciting and interesting oh always always what's your what's your favorite thing about social media what's your least favorite thing about social media like as a user and then also like working in the industry I guess so I'll start as a user so as a user I love just being able to see like TikTok specifically I have learned so much on TikTok. My friends um, call it TikTok University because it's like, you feel like you're learning so much all the time because there's so many in general on on social media that you have access to so many different people and everyone has like their own journey in life. They've learned so many different things. Like there, there there's some people that are more cultured than you, less cultured than you, like whatever it is, but like you learn so many things from different people in life. And I feel like without the existence of social media, you're kind of limited to what you know, the space that you're in, the city that you're in. But now with social media, you have that expansive um, knowledge and and outreach. Um, And it's, you know, this just ginormous community of just like the planet and like human existence that's kind of like it kind of like blows my mind when I really think about it so I love that I love that aspect also as someone who works in social media because obviously you know just trying to create and do different things for different industries for myself personally like trying to reach different audiences and 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 find new people to kind of um you know talk to and and relate to is really interesting but um, and I love creating. I'm just like a huge fan of just like finding different ways and new ways of of making things like fun and vibrant and fresh. My least favorite thing as in, in terms of just like work is obviously that social media is 24-7. It never dies. It never ends. My phone is going off all day long from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep. I have to put my phone on D&D every night because even throughout the night, my phone is going off. Um, you know, we have clients that are in different time zones in different parts of the world. So it's like people are at all hours of the day, sort of just like on the platform. So that's sort of, it's, it's a nine to five, but not really sometimes, Um, you know, sometimes you're working holidays, but I also love that it's just sort of, you know, it's, it's a quick thing. Like you're not sitting there working all day on something you can easily just, you know, once you have everything scheduled and, and lined up and whatever, you just sort of post that takes two minutes and you're done. Um, but obviously like as a user, I think it's kind of the same where like, sometimes I get a lot of burnout because I'm trying to figure out like, okay, like me and what I like versus like what other people like and what other people want to see and combining those together. And sometimes that can be very overwhelming, especially when you're doing this all day long and like thinking about that for like other people. And then also having to think about it for yourself um, it becomes very um, overwhelming, but I I love what I do, and I'm I'm you know I I love my job, and I and I love I I wouldn't be able to see myself doing anything else. So social media don't die because then I will be left without a career. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you. Like your 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 favorite thing and your least favorite thing on the user side is their mind too. Like I honestly, we were talking about this. Like we wouldn't be where we are today without social media they have become our careers 
for you literally and for me in the sense that I wouldn't have the career that I have the specific path I'm on in my career without social media it allows me to do it and that's my passion and the whole thing for me was I want to combine social media and law and I got to do that so I wouldn't be where I am either but also yes sometimes it's hard to to navigate like Mm -hmm. what do I want to post and what do I enjoy and what should I be doing because everybody else is doing it and finding that happy medium right and it's really hard so I'm with you on that and we we've kind of talked a lot about like mottos and like quotes and things that have like guided us but like if you had one piece of advice for someone like again you're a little bit older than me you're in your late 20s I'm in my mid-20s like for someone who is kind of in that like post-grad life self-discovery period like figuring out what they want like coming of age kind of thing like Mm -hmm. what's your best piece of advice like just overall in general don't stress because life can change from one minute to the next you I you know with my career now I went from one day being jobless and stressing and trying to figure out my entire existence to the next moment getting hired and having this incredible job that has like created my in in essence, my entire career and has helped me sort of, you know, jumpstart my career. And now it gives me, you know, a platform to just like continue on with what I'm doing. So I would say, you know, truly don't, don't, it's easy to stress in the moment. And it's easy for me now to look back and say, wow, I shouldn't have stressed. But obviously, when you're in the moment, it's a lot harder to do that. So easier said than done. But it's, it's more so just like, you know, having everything organized in your mind as far as what you want, and then figuring out how to go after what you want and not taking anything less than that. Because it's easy to be desperate in moments where you really feel like you don't know what you're doing, you don't know what you want, and you're panicked. And you know, you just decide, okay, like, that's it, like, fuck it, I'm done. Like, and you just like get all stressed. But, you know, truly kind of like taking the time to really focus on what it is that you want, take that, and then now move forward with that and, and, you know, go through that process of, okay, I like this employer, but I don't like that they gave me these options. I like this company, but I don't like this person that I would be working under. And then kind of like maneuvering and figuring that out. Eventually, again, like whatever's meant to be will be. So whatever is meant for you, like you will find your way to it. It's just not doing things in complete desperation just because you think like it's the end of the world because it's truly not. Um, if you go after what you truly want, like it, it will happen for you and it will, it will turn out exactly the way that it's supposed to. So that yeah. I guess would be my, my biggest piece of advice and something I've learned, especially over the course of the last year and a half or two. A hundred percent. I'm, I'm with you. Like, and, and the cool thing too, is like, we have very different experiences, but a lot of our lessons and our like takeaways are the same. And it just goes to show Mm -hmm. that like, they're universal. Like you just gotta go with the flow and not stress out and let life happen around you and make the most of it because what is meant for you is, it'll find you when it's meant to. Yeah, letting go and letting God, that's been my new thing. It's kind of like, I for so long stressed about the little things that I couldn't control. Um, and, and don't get it twisted. Like I still do because it's oh, my personality, <laughs> but it's like trying to figure out ways where I can do that less because I, so I can stress myself out less. 
um, because truly the only person in my life who stresses me out is me. Um, and so it's like trying to find ways to cope with that and figure out ways where I can allow myself to just like, let it go. It will be fine. Like what's supposed to happen will happen and like be okay with that because it's like one thing to say it, but then you're so stressed about it. And another thing to say it and kind of be with at peace with that and, and, and truly like live with the feeling of that. Yeah. You have to believe that for sure. And that's, and that's the hardest part, trusting yourself yeah, and allowing yourself to lean into that. And, and that's something that I'm still working on and we're all still working on, but yeah, I think that's such a great place to end. And I think we've talked about so much. This is super long, but I think it's so helpful to recognize to like, to close it all out, like wrap it up, like Ev- like all things that happen like you never let it get you down long term and like there's so much so many beautiful things that can come out of grief and tragedy and hardship and yeah you don't stop living because it, it can there's so much more to live for even if right now you're you're really going through it so just let it go and it'll all work out Sasha thank you so much where can everyone find you if they want to check out your Instagram your TikTok your podcast pimp yourself out oh boy okay so you can follow me um, on my personal Instagram page at Sasha stuff underscore Sasha spelled S-A-C-H-A um, and on TikTok as well same thing at Sasha stuff underscore if you guys want to listen to my podcast um, it's red receipts on podcast so you can follow us at Red Receipts on Pod. Type in Red Receipts on Podcasts on Apple Podcasts on Spotify, anywhere where you can listen to podcasts. I feel like I'm signing off of my own podcast. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs> but that's where you can find me. That's so funny. And we'll do. We're, I'll be on her podcast soon. And I'm really excited that we got to do a part two with you on my podcast because I think it's such a beautiful continuation of everything we talked about before and just go to show that like from one year to the next so much can change and so much can happen and you really just never know so Mm -hmm. you just gotta keep your chin up and keep looking forward and it'll all work out keep on trucking yeah i'll link everything in the show notes thank you guys so much for listening and i will talk to you guys next week thank you